Welcome back to Man in the Making, episode four, with former monk Rajan Shankara. Thank you for joining me, Rajan. Thank you, Rokas. My first question, what are the consequences of resisting responsibility? What are the consequences of resisting responsibility? Okay. So resisting responsibility is another way of saying resisting life. So life is responsibility. Responsibility is life. We don't we don't have a choice with the world as we know it. So we wake up and consciousness happens. And what happens is when too much too much of the world comes in on us or too much of responsibility comes in on us, we start to resist it and we push it away because the world and responsibility is hard and it's suffering and it requires constant work and we will be let down, you know, on the, on the alternative side, we'll also be given things, you know, we'll learn things, we'll grow. And all of the um, factors in life that make life worth living will also come with the bad and, and the difficult and challenging. So resisting responsibility means to hide away from that which makes us experience the good in life. It means hiding away from um, any possibility of feeling uh, worth anything. And counter to that, the more responsibility we do take, uh, it doesn't really make a lot of conscious sense right in the moment, but the more responsibility we take, Oftentimes, the more powerful we feel, uh, the better we feel, the more valuable we are and feel. And um, usually that means making things more difficult for ourselves. It's a very complex idea, and it's difficult to put into words. But by resisting responsibility, we eventually self-destruct as human beings. And we do not improve because the only way to improve is through responsibility. Is that self-destruction nihilism where you believe that life is meaningless? Yes. So without, without getting into you know, the, the background of nihilism too much, which I, I'm not well educated in, I do know that meaninglessness and purposelessness are quite common and, and especially in young men. So young men are seeking that which gives them pleasure in the immediate and they're not understanding immediate, uh, delaying immediate gratification. So the responsibility of life becomes eventually for a wise person to delay immediate gratification. And it's kind of a concept written about by the Stoics and by philosophers in ancient books and, um, you know, well-known writers like Plato 
and the life of Socrates. Those, those, those people um, spoke about what makes a happy man, what makes a fulfilled and honorable man. And it's, and it's really to delay instant gratification and to, to suffer through a life of responsibility. And that, that is a type of suffering because it requires so much work and it requires a very little immediate gratification. We don't see the pleasures of an honorable life right away. We see them in the future. And eventually we see them through other people. And it comes through other people who we end up helping because of these profound truths that they, they, they really take a long time to express themselves. So we want to get away from meaninglessness. We, we want to get into meaning of our lives. We want to get into purpose. And essentially, that's not so self-evident. Basically, it's not, it's not obvious. And how does this relate to slaying the mythological dragon? So the mythological dragon of chaos goes to chaos and order or known and unknown um, and also explored territory, unexplored territory. So basically we are going back to kind of how we are born into consciousness and, and it happens on a daily basis. All of a sudden we wake up and we're presented with an option. You know, do I move or do I stay? You know, do I, do I remain idle while life starts moving and the sun rises? You know, do I act or do I remain idle, stay in bed? And, and that has a greater meaning of do I not fulfill my life's destiny? And, and in between destiny and remaining idle, there's work and responsibility. So th that which forces us to move and to act is the unknown. It's, it's yes, I know the sun is going to come up, but once I leave my house, I have no idea what the hell is going to happen. You know, once I walk into my class for university, I really don't know what's going to happen. You know, I know the, the overview. I know that the concept of a professor giving a lecture, but it hasn't happened yet. So the fact that a lot of things in our life, especially every day, right? It hasn't happened yet, makes it unknown, makes it potentially dangerous, but it also makes it promising. So one thing we need to get over is the fact that all of life is unknown. All of life is unexplored territory. And it's, it's an exciting concept because it means that life is going to be full of potential failure. And the best we can do is to strike it head on and say, you know what? I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if I'm going to fail or if I'm going to succeed. But what I do know is at the end of the day, whatever happened, I was there to experience it. 
That's the key. That's where your consciousness and life meet. You experience it. And that's the opposite of being averse to life and choosing not to act and choosing not to move. And when we do that, this mythological dragon of chaos slays us and it attacks us because earth and nature in and of itself is a chaotic force, right? Nature, both, both the weather and that term of nature and all of life, that's kind of a, an ancient way to define nature is, is the variety of life and the unknown of life. That is a chaotic force. And our life's meaning is to be the hero. Okay, so it's just like any Disney movie. It's, 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 it's known as archetypes in um, Jungian uh, psychology. So if all of life has a theme of good and evil, of, of known and unknown, right? Chaos, the unknown, and order, the known, then, then that which we embark on every day, this journey, this path, is to embark on a path where we face this dragon of chaos or this character, this villain of life. And so naturally, we become the hero. We become that which can be good. And so what we have to do every day is see this archetype. We have to see life in this manner to give us the upper hand and to give us some sense of purpose and meaning. And that means that we're all born with a sword of morals and ethics. And what we have to do is slay the mythological dragon of chaos and not be slayed by it and not be burned alive. And that means taking on the world with as much confidence as we can and humility and the sense of, I don't know if I'm going to survive another day, but I'm going to try as best as I can. That's kind of the idea. And how do you prepare for that dragon? What kind of questions should you be asking yourself? Right. So the way I see it is there's three questions that we can ask ourselves. And I think anyone can ask themselves these questions. I think everyone should ask themselves these questions. And I think that we should teach them to young people. Okay. Who am I? What am I all about? And how much can I endure? So we know that people don't know themselves that well. Hence the famous Greek philosophical saying, know thyself, right? That's one of the only things to have survived in a physical structure of ancient times, right? Greek and Roman philosophy can be boiled down into know thyself. And that also goes with um, Eastern mysticism, Eastern religious thought. Um, You know, know thyself has been present since I think our brain has been able to contemplate its own mortality. And 
that's what sets us apart from animals is that we can uh, be aware. We're aware of our own death. So the idea of know thyself becomes of, of importance when we become old enough to realize that we're going to die and that this is temporary. And eventually, spontaneously, we will be no more. And so memento mori, or to remember death, is an ancient philosophical approach to a religious idea. And, and religion, to me, can be anything that which is sacred to you. So making coffee in the morning can be your religion if, if it gives you meaning and purpose. So knowing that we're limited and knowing that we in this physical body are temporary, we have to remember that fact. And remembering our limitation allows us a little bit of humility and it allows us to be okay with not knowing everything. And I think a lot of stress and a lot of pressures come on young people nowadays because it's like, if I don't know everything, if I don't have an answer, uh, life is going to destroy me. And it's not true. You know, the first question, you know, who am I? And the answer, know thyself, is, is, is saying, know that you're limited. Know that, that there is something greater there and it's inside you and you can contact that but it requires you to not know everything. And that's why Socrates is famously known for saying, in other words, we know not. I don't know. But since I don't know, that allows me to get more and more knowledge. But if I do know, then I block things off. So we have to be very careful. There's a balance there of knowing and not knowing. The second one, what am I all about? Okay. What do I stand for? What matters most to me? Those kind of things need to be known or they need to be thought about on a daily basis. And that goes into value hierarchies. So what do I value most? And can I take what I value most and move it around all the time? So can I be flexible enough to take what I'm all about and shift it around based on efficiency and effectiveness and incorporating the team. And that, that's what makes a powerful person is, is the ability to change. And, and it's not necessarily changing your core values of care about others, um, care about the well-being of others and the protection of loved ones, et cetera, et cetera. It doesn't change that and turn you into a villain. But what you're all about can change and allow you to be like water and to fit into multiple containers and become efficient and, and, and run downstream where there's least resistance when it comes to um, other people. And if we, if we hold on to who we are too closely or, or too rigidly, uh, we won't be able to work with other people. So life has this fluidity to it. Uh, on one end, we are 
solid and stable in our structure. But on the other end, especially in our minds, not necessarily in our spirit, in our mind, we're able to um, navigate with uh, the ability to change direction um, based on a, a moving goal. Now, how much can you endure is the last one. And that goes into, you know, how much responsibility can you take on? How much suffering today can you take on? Um, how much gratification can you delay? How many people can you put in front of yourself? And that's really ultimately going to give you the most meaning in life. How many people can you elevate and make better while you yourself don't necessarily focus on, on elevation, right? And, and it's ironic because while you elevate other people, you know, you yourself start to rise in the, you know, the ladder of morals and, and ethics. And um, you naturally become a better person as long as you can take on more and more responsibility. And if you look at every ancient mythology and every epic or tale um, or religious figure, the most revered person tends to be the one who took on the most responsibility. And that means that they knew who they were, they knew what they were all about, and they did not care how much they can endure. They just did it. They just endured. And you don't have to be a religious person to value these kinds of stories. Just like you don't have to be a child to understand the value of a Disney movie of good versus evil. Because we see that in adult themes too. We see that in every aspect of life. There's a theme. There's good versus evil. So, um, And that, that's also within us. There's a side of us that wants to resist responsibility. There's, there's a side of us that, that wants to be comfortable and secure. But we have to have a balance of good and evil. We have to have unknown. We have to have good or order, and we have to have unknown or chaos. And inside of us, we have to constantly tiptoe and approach that which we've never done before, that which we don't understand. You know, we have to be able to play with a little bit of fire to know how much we can get burned and that kind of thing. And ultimately, that movement forward is us getting out of bed in the morning. It's us going through the pain and, and rigors of making the bed and making sure we look nice and making sure we're on time and not rushed. Okay, that's the suffering of responsibility. That means planning ahead. And that means saying, okay, if, if lecture is at 9 a.m., you know, at 8 a.m., I have to be in this spot at this time and moving along a projected path. And that means um, anticipating someone's birthday so that we can get them a card and put it in the mail a few days before. That is the the uh the kind of responsibility and the kind of meaning that i'm talking about you know because i'm not talking about changing the world 
I'm not, I'm not talking about profound depths that, that where we, where people write scriptures around us. You know, I'm talking about making sure to brush your teeth every single day. That's the responsibility of being an adult. And eventually those small steps will make a whole person. Um, and you mentioned delaying gratification. What is the importance of doing so? Right. So we touched on that a little bit in the last episode, how delaying gratification through the father to the child can teach, uh, it can kind of uh, avoid substance abuse. You know, you can kind of avoid someone being an alcoholic. You can kind of, statistically, we know that delaying gratification as a child can mature an individual so that they don't abuse narcotics as an adult because those highs give us immediate pleasure and immediate gratification <clears throat> but but they have drastic consequences right so everyone would be doing cocaine right if there wasn't a hellish come down if, if we could stay up all the time there would be nothing wrong with it but we know that there becomes an addiction you know there comes a problem with too much pleasure so as an adult as someone who needs to be an adult and who needs to become a man we have to quell that which brings comfort and pleasure because that stops us from growing and that that is that has to be a type of rule because we know that the the uncomfortable the painful and the challenging it are, are the things that give us growth and and if that's true which we know deep down inside that's true then we have to be able to put pleasure on the side for a while we have to put comfort over here and while we go through and navigate through the tall grass of the unknown with our sword and our machete and slice through a little bit of uncomfort and, and, or discomfort and, you know, that which we don't really want to do all the time. And, uh, it's, it's, it's approaching life with your eyes open and saying, I'm not going to just stay in bed. I'm not going to just veg out all the time. And, and it's, it's comfortable and, and easy to play video games, right? But, but if we stay in that kind of, of uh, path for too long, we, we, seek, we eventually result in, in no uh, profound growth no no um profound change takes place if we continue to do and i mean year after year after year if we continue to do the same things um we remain the same so if we have an image of who we want to be in our mind and we're not there yet it means that if we keep doing the same things that keep us who we are we won't be this better person We'll just continue on a path, a trajectory of sameness. And 
we just simply can't make an equation that equals a better person if it's just same plus same equals different person. Doesn't make sense. So there has to be who we are, and we have to add in who we who we should probably be, and then eventually we get to this person. And the the secret and the mystery and the adventure of life is that this person who we want to be keeps changing. This idea of where we want to be keeps evolving as we evolve and as we incorporate more challenges into our life, as we incorporate more responsibility than who we become constantly, those standards have to get higher and higher and higher and we become a different person. And, and, and the magic is to become a different person every single day. That was very insightful. Thank you very much for your time, Rajan. Thank you, Rokas.